The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, and thanks so much for joining today on 5G Talent Talk. I'm your host, Carrie Charles, and I am thrilled that you are here. I have a wonderful guest with me, Amy Wheelis. She is the Vice President of Architecture and Strategic Planning for AT&T, the Consumer Business Unit. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so glad to be here. So, Amy, let me just brag a little bit, okay? Amy was a 2019 Fierce Telecom's Rising Star and 2021, she was named one of the top women in tech by the Dallas Business Journal. This is so cool. In fact, when I was doing some research on you, there was a lot of other stuff that came up too. I mean, just you are involved in so much and you've received so awards and so many accolades and I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. I really want to start, Amy, with your professional journey, how you got to where you are today. Thanks, Carrie. It's been a long journey but it has flown by. I've been with AT&T in many different roles over the past 31 years. I am an engineer by training. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. have to put in that plug for my school there. (laughs) And I started in our network organization and have moved up around. I've done everything really from building buildings to starting new businesses. And one of the keys was continually learning and taking on new roles and new challenges when they came about. And that's allowed me to grow as a technologist and grow as a leader. Really enjoyed that ability to do that across AT&T as I've moved through my career. So tell me about your role, a little bit about what you do today. So today I am in our consumer business unit and I have responsibility for our architecture and our strategic planning. Where are we going from a technology perspective? How are we changing and transforming our business We are right now in the midst of one of the most aggressive transformation efforts I've ever been a part of. We're transforming the entire consumer stack, everything from our billing systems all the way up through how our customers experience their interaction with AT&T. And we're doing that all at the same time that we're rolling out 5G and turning up new technologies. And so it's really a challenge, but it's really exciting. That sounds like fun. Yeah, a lot going on right now. A lot of balls in the air. What does 5G mean for the customer? I know we talk about it all the time. We hear, we have commercials, we read. I mean, there's just so much information on 5G, but what is it beyond video games and faster downloads? Yeah, so if you think about it, every new generation of connectivity has changed and created new innovative ideas. I mean, if you go all the way back in history, you went from the telegraph to the telephone, from analog to digital, from wireline to wireless, and now 3G, 4G, and 5G. 5G is really setting the stage now for revolutionizing how we interact with each other. If you think about the increased speed, the decreased latency, that's all the geeks speak about what 5G is, it really is about 
laying a foundation for how we change the experience. 5G's impact is going to be experiential and really drive an unrivaled interactive experience. I love that. So experiential. Can you give me an example or two? I'm a Star Trek geek. So if you think about Star Trek and you have holographs that have been on our TV, we've been watching that technology for years. That technology is now real. Last year, we proved that technology in. During COVID, we were able to transform the sports interview using holographic capabilities powered by 5G in the 2020 NBA playoff bubble in Orlando. I think another thing there, if you think about it, and really appropriate for this week, as later this week, we celebrate Veterans Day in the United States. One day, deployed family members will be able to spend Thanksgiving at home with their loved ones or other people across the country and really feel like they're in the same room with them. Yeah, you won't Mm. be able to touch them, but you'll be able to be there and feel like they're there and be a part of it much better than just a flat screen like we're doing today. Wow. I just got chills. I mean, just even the thought of that. And I love what you said, that it's really going to bring us together, 5G, right? And I think people, when they think of technology, sometimes they feel that it's a disconnect, but really 5G is all about connecting us. So what are some of the opportunities for consumers with 5G and also some of the opportunities to monetize it? So if you think about like I said earlier, beyond the super fast downloads and low latency, it's those experiences. How do you do that in places like a high density stadium? The 5G technology is really changing our in-stadium connectivity. It's really changing so that you can become, right now, you watch the game, you see a big screen. But in the future, if you think about it, you could be standing there beside LeBron, having those that very fast capability to be reacting and it's like you're on the field with them. And let's use Tom Brady because I live in Tampa. So I- Tom Brady, okay. <laughs> okay, good, right. So will I have glasses, special glasses I put on and then I have the experience and I'm like right down there in the field. I just became a football yeah. fan actually when Tom arrived. <laughs> So in the past, if you were in a stadium or a big event place and you were trying to Snapchat or text or upload to Twitter, all those uploads, they get all bogged down and you get frustrated and you want to share it with everybody you could. Well, the speed and the capacity that 5G will allow, it's going to make that even better. So you put on a pair of AR glasses and you're able to choose the view that you're seeing So maybe you can have the view of Tom Brady. So you're Tom Brady standing back there. As he moves his head, you're seeing what he sees. That 300-pound lineman comes in and (laughs) about to tackle you. I'm not sure I like that, but you can personalize how you replay things. These are just some of the, anything you can dream up, those things will be able. And even to take it out of the sports realm, think about the future with how AR can Maybe in the future, people won't need to have an actual piano, but they can put on the AR glasses and learn to play piano on their desk because the piano is superimposed there and you see it and you're able to do that. Think about all the things with education that can be enabled. I was a part of a tech challenge recently and got to help judge actually last year 
And the winner of that tech challenge was working on synthetic humans that are powered by 5G technologies. It's another fancy word for a holograph, but in the education space, we have a shortage of teachers. How do you create the ability to put a teacher in multiple places Mm. at the same time? Wow. This is so cool. We could go on and on. I love this. I'm geeking out here with you. Let's switch gears a bit. And I know one of your passions is women in tech. And I was recently reading, still, we have an issue. Only 25% of jobs in tech are held by women. So in your view, what are the challenges with getting women into tech and also keeping them there? We have got to help women believe that they can thrive in the tech industry. I think that one of the biggest challenges is keeping them there. We're seeing the number of women graduating with tech degrees moving up. We've seen an increase. It's not at parity yet, but it is increasing. But then if you look into the future, five, 10 years into their career, and the number that are leaving their tech jobs is huge. I saw a stat out of Accenture in 2020 that said 50% of women leave their tech jobs by the age of 35. We all know that there are a lot of reasons for that. Women leave to be go be moms. Women leave because they don't see themselves thriving. We have to showcase more women in technology. Little girls need role models that they want to be like. I didn't know a woman engineer until I got to Georgia Tech. And even then, the ratio of men to women was eight to one when I got there. Hmm. It's now a lot better than that, but it's still at a two to one ratio. I have a group of friends that I was very close with when I was at Georgia Tech. And if I look now 30 plus years into our careers, only three out of 20 stayed in the field through the whole. Wow. That's an 85% dropout rate, just in small sample, but that's an 85% dropout rate. We have Mm -hmm. to be better about figuring out how to keep women in the workforce And that's going to mean what kind of programs can we create to help them re-enter if they want to take some time off to have kids and be with their kids when they're little? How do we help them retool and re-enter? How do we help them see the technology industry as somewhere they can thrive? Right, right. You know, Amy, I read something which was really gave me a lot of hope. There was a study done in 2021, and it's the Just Radius third annual Women in Tech report. They found that 74% of girls express a desire for career in STEM fields. Now, my daughter is a STEM major. So I'm curious to girls are expressing a desire, but it's not actually translating into tech fields and staying inside of the tech field. So I see that there's a lot of work there that needs to be done. And I agree with you. The COVID, the pandemic, I mean, it's just been so, so difficult for women. Millions of women, millions have left the workforce. And it's been especially difficult for women in tech. So I was reading a bit with this same study. And since the pandemic began, women in tech are working longer hours, and they've taken on more responsibilities at work. And this is 43% said this compared to 33% of men. And the word burnout is being used to describe women in tech right now. And what are your thoughts on how COVID or the pandemic has affected women in tech? Yeah, I think in that same study that you read, I think it said also that 
women are nearly twice as likely as men to have lost their jobs or been furloughed mm -hmm. due to the yep. pandemic. So it's a double whammy. The ones that stayed are working harder and longer and burning out. And the ones that lost their job, there were more that lost their job than men as well. One of the things that we've been focusing on within the team that I'm a part of is trying to reach out and make sure that people know that we know they have to figure out how to balance. The caregiving duties largely at home, in many cases, fall on the woman in addition to their career responsibilities. And so we're trying to help our women in technology understand that it's okay if at lunchtime you need to go to the grocery store because that works better for your schedule. That's fine. I've always thought about, you hear the work-life balance. It's <laughs> never going to be perfectly balanced. Right. What it has mm -hmm. to be is work-life integration. How do I integrate yes. my work and my life together and make them both successful? I had a conversation recently with one of my really close friends who's been in the technology industry for a long time and been working at home. And she said, I rode my Peloton this afternoon. I had a meeting get canceled and I decided I wanted to ride my Peloton, but I feel guilty. Why do you feel guilty? I said, what did you do at lunch? I ate lunch at my desk. Okay. If we'd been in the office and you were going to have lunch, you and I would have gone to lunch and we would have probably talked a little bit of work, but we would have talked a lot of not work and we'd had a downtime. So you don't have that opportunity working from home. So you took a break and you rode your Peloton. Your energy level's higher. You're mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. Your head's probably clearer. That's all benefit. And I think we as women tend to feel guilty and we mm -hmm. need to stop doing that. Boy, that was strong. I believe that. It's a mindset shift. And it's not just a mindset shift for leadership in corporate America. It's a mindset shift for us yes. as women. And let me ask, so I know that, that you had mentioned when we spoke last that AT&T has some new benefits and programs. And I think it would be important for other business leaders to hear that, maybe get some ideas on how they can retain women. One of the things that we did was we introduced three weeks of paid caregiver leave to navigate the predictable and unpredictable moments of caring for a child or other family member. Many of the people that are working today in the workforce are balancing childcare and elder care all at the same time. I'm going to throw in a plug into this one as well. It's your other family members, but also your family. That's my word of the friends that have become family. I'm single and I have other single friends. When you need somebody to take you to the doctor or pick you up from the doctor, you got to have somebody to call on and caregiver leave allows for that. Another thing is that we launched a new benefit program around emergency backup care for children and aging parents. It helps with locating that emergency backup care. There's a hotline. It helps you be able to locate and get that resource when you need it because there are times when you can't take off or that you feel like you can't and you need that emergency backup care. Also, for our new or expectant parents, we've added four extra weeks to our paid parental leave for a total of 12 weeks. We also have access 24 by 7 to virtual coaches and self-paced courses. Oh, I like that. Things like infant sleep schedules, adoption, <laughs> how to eat healthy, all of those different things some really cool programs that help us integrate our work and life better. Another thing 
one of our employee resource groups, employee groups, our women of AT&T, the Dallas chapter, launched a virtual biweekly happy hour series. It's a virtual series. It's focused on helping members maintain their health and wellness and offering stress relief tactics and mitigation ideas and creating that social community that we have to be intentional about. In the world where everybody's working remotely, you have to be intentional about creating those interactions. Yes, you do. There's definitely some silver linings in the pandemic. And I know that you've mentioned some wonderful programs from AT&T, but what else have we learned through this pandemic and in 2020 that's led to positive changes for women in the workplace? I think the flexibility that in our space, my organization right now is about 95% virtual workers. Prior to the pandemic, we were probably 30% virtual workers. We have allowed them the ability to work from home. We still have times when they come into the office. We're a software development company or organization. And sometimes you need to get together in a room with a whiteboard and create ideas. But we've allowed them that flexibility and it gives them time back in their day to help manage and interconnect with the people that they care and love about. For me personally, I think that that's a great thing that we want to keep going forward. I think we also are more aware of the need for social interaction. I think before it just happened organically because we were around people. You stopped at the water cooler and talked to them or, or whatever, or the coffee machine. But now I think we understand that need for connection and we're more intentional about it. And I don't want us to forget that. I don't want us to lose sight of that. And I think that will help women. One of the things in my organization, I have the privilege to work. We're kind of an unusual organization within AT&T in that we have five out of nine vice presidents in the consumer technology platform organization are women which is a huge percentage and it's really cool. And one of the things we started during the pandemic was a quarterly women of technology, just it's an hour and we have no agenda. We get on the call, we have about 300 people on it usually, and we take the conversation where it goes. And it's just a way for us to connect and be able to be there and open up. It's kind of an open mic session. We've had tears We've had cheers. It's been really good. And those things, I don't know that we would have thought about doing that had the pandemic not happened and we hadn't seen the need to try to connect. I love that. I mean, I'm sure there's so many more positive silver linings that have come out of this pandemic for women. And I want to talk a little bit about women in leadership. That That's unbelievable what you just said. That was, what did you say? Five out of how, five out how of many five five out of vice presidents? are women in your organization. That's just fantastic. In the same study that I mentioned earlier, and you may have the same study right in front of you, but I see that nearly 80% of women in tech said promoting more women to leadership roles would better support women in the field. And 72% said providing mentorship opportunities, 64% said flexibility, exactly what you said, flexibility, mentorship, exactly what you said with support and bringing people together. And then the list goes on and on. But I think that what we want to look at and really highlight is that when there's women in leadership, we as women feel confident that we've got a shot and we see the path clear when there's no women in leadership or few, 
then we don't see that path. And we could potentially go someplace where we have that. So how do we promote more women to leadership roles in tech? I mean, why is this an issue? It seems to me like it would just be easy, right? Yeah. I mentioned that in my direct peer group, it's a great ratio. But that's when I go to industry meetings, it's not like that. And one of the things I challenge all of our vendors, and they know that they better keep improving that ratio of women in the room. Many times we'll go to a meeting with a vendor or I'll go to an industry forum meeting and there are very few women in the room. I'm one of maybe two or maybe sometimes the only one. And just like you said, women need to see women in leadership roles. They need them as role models so that they have something to aspire to. And for us in the technology industry, the women, those of us who are in leadership roles have to become advocates. We have to help mentor them. We have to help lift them up. One of the things we've got to do is we've got to be willing to put them in a role that stretches their ability. But at the same time, we've got to give them the grace and support to fail and get up Mm. and try again. No one ever achieves anything great without failing. I mean, go read any entrepreneurial book, any leadership book. Everybody talks about the failures they've had. But as women, we have a tendency to be very risk averse because there's no margin for error when there are so few opportunities and so many fighting for those few opportunities. And so as leaders, we've got to support that and say, hey, I'm going to take a chance on this person and I'm going to give them the opportunity to mess up. And I'm going to lift them back up and help them get back up and try again and help them make the decision to say, hey, I'm really comfortable here, but let's go move into some uncomfortable space because I think that's important. Powerful, powerful stuff. Amy, what helped you rise to the top? I had many tremendous mentors along the way, both men and women, and some role models that I watched and observed and mimicked. And so that's been really cool. Some of them are leaders in the telecommunications industry. And Chris Rennie is in the Witty Hall of Fame. And she sits on the board of Ericsson. She was the CTO of Singular. She's one of my mentors that I've looked up to. And I happened to meet her because I was tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to go work on this special project. And so I went and worked on that special project and got the opportunity to sit at her table I was working for somebody else, but she was the executive leading the work and really was able to watch and learn from her. And she made a difference in my life. Another one is Bill Hogue, who was in our singular and then AT&T organization, led our network organization. He pushed me. He pushed me on things like, Amy, you got to work on your poker face because I <laughs> what you see is what you get. You know? right. And so things like that. That has helped me move along. I love sports. I grew up playing sports. I'm an athlete or I was an athlete. I'm an armchair athlete now. (laughs) That instilled in me a belief that we're better together. A team is only as good as the weakest link and we all have roles to play. And if somebody doesn't do their job, then something doesn't get done right. And so that teamwork really has helped me move along in my career and helped me be a good team player and a good corporate player. And I think you have to do those things when you're trying to do it all by yourself, you fail. When you're trying Mm -hmm. to do it just for yourself, you fail. Amy, you are a tremendous leader. What would you say are your top 
three leadership principles? Well, I'm going to give you four. One is work hard and play harder. And with that, I mean, give 100%, be present where you are. If you're working, be present and give 100% to that. If you're not working, if you're playing, you go give 100% to that. It's really hard because we're connected to these things all the time. But we've got to take that time to play hard and disconnect and recharge. And as a leader, we enable that. Second one is respect our differences. Everyone contributes value. You debate ideas, but you support the decisions. You've got to be respectfully challenging the norm. The norm is the norm and we can get complacent, but you've got to challenge it, but you've got to do it respectfully. And we have to learn from each other. And the last two are quick. Be transparent, upfront and open. Bad news is not like fine wine. It does not get better with it. <laughs> and you've got to do root cause analysis when something goes wrong. Learn from it. You do root cause analysis not to point fingers, but you do that root cause analysis to learn from it so you don't repeat the mistake. And you got to share information. Too many people think that information's power and I'm going to keep it all to myself. And then the last one is be accountable, set targets, set stretch targets and expect results for you and your team and ask questions. Boy, you could write a book. I feel the book inside you. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Earlier in our conversation, you talked about how excited you were about, again, it's a big challenge, everything that's going on and what you're working on, but also that you're so excited. What excites you most about your work today? I think the thing that excites me the most is seeing the team overcome those challenges. There are many days where we'll walk into a meeting and the team will be, we've got this mountain of work to do. We can't get it all done. And we help them work through the problem and work the problem. And then they come back. We figured it out. We're going to get it done. Those are the times that really excite me, helping see our teams accomplish things that they didn't even think were possible. That's what makes me keep coming back to work. The technology is great, and I'll always love the technology, but it's the people and helping the people be successful that really excites me about what we're doing. Spoken like a true leader, Amy. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been just fantastic. I'm sure that our audience has gotten enormous benefit from it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time to be here. You take care. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time. 